You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is silver and black today. It is the post-game edition. Ouch, the Raiders lose their third straight to start the season, 24 to 22 to the Tennessee Titans. Another painful game for Raider Nation. The Raiders made it interesting at the end, though, coming back and getting a touchdown late, but unable to convert on a two-point conversion that would have tied the game and perhaps forced overtime, uh, but it was not to be. And uh, we're going to get into it. I know everybody's got a lot to say, so we'll get to the chat and all that as we move along. But joining me today, again, for our Voice of the Fan segment, is going to be Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Murph is uh, in Nashville. You'll see he is at Nissan Stadium here as I get them all up here in a second. Uh, And I bring them in now. Uh, And Murph, uh, you were at the game. Another great showing by Raider Nation in Nashville. We saw the parties, including yours, which looked fantastic. So congratulations on that one. But tell us a little bit uh, your first reaction here. The team, again, just tough to watch. Showed some heart there at the end, but a little too much, a little too late. Yeah, so, Scott, they're doing a three-week football game this day called behind me. I don't know if you can see it or not, but the Franklin Cowboys have already had more offensive output than the Las Vegas Raiders did in the first half. And I can confirm that it's 155 degrees here in Nashville. And thank goodness we were a quarter mile from the sun for this game because nothing like getting burnt up out here watching the Raiders get burnt up on defense. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, that was not tough. And also joining us uh, as well is our good friend Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby. Evan, um, you were tweeted out at the end of the game. Offense, again, just could not get it done. Third down, conversions did not happen. A lot of stuff just didn't go well for this Raiders offense yet again. Yeah, one for 12 uh, on third downs throughout the game and two of six in the red zone. So it's a lot of the same for the Raiders. We're seeing a lot of the same mistakes that we have seen uh, in past years. We thought... Josh McDaniels was coming in as the new head coach. We thought these things were going to change, but we have not seen that happen yet with this team. 
No, no, we haven't. And um, as we bring you guys all back in and Murph uh, out there at Nissan Stadium, like I said, a, a great contingent of Raider Nation was on hand, but uh, you couldn't get the guys to do it. But I'll tell you what, this this team, that first half, the defense was was brutal. The defense in the second half, I think, what, held the held the uh, the Titans to three points or whatever it was. They did well, and it just seems this team can't put – a full football team, football game together, excuse me, uh, really out of the 12 quarters they've played, there's really been two, maybe two and a half good ones. What did you see? What did you see that frustrated you? What were fans saying about this Raiders team and what's going on with it? Well, on the defensive side, the, the, the message has been the same amongst Raider Nation for the past three weeks, and that's a lack of appearance by Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, and I apologize for this. Yeah, you know, so you're going off about the Tweety football game. But, like, but anyway, the Chandler Jones is uh, unbelievable that we still hadn't seen him. I and mean, we still on a milk card, and we still hadn't seen him showing up. And aside from, from the Max Strasby showing up earlier in the game, really a lack of offensive output, or excuse me, defensive output from the, from the Raiders. But the biggest talk of the, of, the, of the fans, and we were down right behind the Raider bench. Thank goodness we had some amazing seats. But right down there, the talk was a lack of – I mean, Jared Waller had three touchdowns in his hands. In his hands. We paid this man three years, $51 million in the offseason. I'm not going to be a Darren Waller hater. He's going to be an easy target, just like Derek's always been an easy target these past couple of weeks. But my goodness, like, those are the kind of plays that, like, great players are always great, but they're always great when they have to be. And they had – Darren Waller had to be great today for us to beat this team, and we could have walked away from these guys. It was That, that was a big challenge, and that was the big – Big, uh, you know, story for Raider Nation going into the go coming out of this game was Darren Waller. I mean, the, the, the one here right here, and that end zone right there, the one that it hit him square in the hand, Scott. Like, look, that's not a catch I can make, but that's a catch that that guy should make because he's one of the best tight ends in all of football, if not the best tight end. So let's go, Darren. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Evan, it's a good point by Murph there, and something I brought up during the game too, which was in big moments, it seems like this team's biggest players aren't making the big plays they need to, right? I mean, you look at Josh Jacobs towards the end there with that rush towards the goal line, fumbled the ball. Luckily, it went out of bounds. Okay, then, of course, we had Renfro last week. We had Waller this week. Uh, what what did you make of that offense and what was going on with some of these big stars who, frankly, all just got contract extensions? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it last week in, in the second half of the Cardinals game. I know I've talked about it on the podcast uh, these players who have gotten these big extensions have have not shown up. We saw Max Crosby with a couple plays here and there. Some in the first half, he made a he had a good uh, what was it the sack not a sack but a a big play there and, and late in the game to get the ball back to the Raiders. But you know again we're we're just not seeing the type of impact plays from their key players in these games. And 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 I know there's a lot of finger pointing going on again this week. Whose fault was it? The defense gave up zero points in the zero second points. half of that game. Thank you. Zero Thank points. You. Uh, they forced, I have it right here in front of me, they forced an interception, a downs, turnover on downs, two punts, and then the, the Titans' final possession of the game was the, the two plays there to, to end the game. Offensively, they settled for two field goals, um, car through the interception, and then they had the touchdown late in the game. So you cannot continue to get into the red zone and not convert touchdowns in these close games. They're going to burn you in the end. Yeah, and, and okay, the line, I, yeah, go ahead, Murph. Well, I was just going to say, and, and, and I, I hear that comment, Evan, about how Derek threw that interception in the red zone. But look, you guys heard me last week. I picked on Derek a little bit. 
and I've never been shy to criticize Derek Carr, but this game, and especially that Pharrell, that was not on him. It's going to show up on him in the stat line, but I'm telling you, that's his square, and right in Darren Waller's hands and Kevin Byard, they're the best safeties in the NFL. Give him a freaking pop-up ball and a, and a chance to go pick one up, and he's going to do it. So that, that I, I, you know, that wasn't on Derek, and it's sad that it's going to be on Derek, but that, that was an I mean, just an ugly play all the way around. I mean, that was the, that was the time for the Raiders to jump back into this thing. And and I, I know because and then also too, I will I will commend Derek as well because I took a, such a hard run at him last week. Critically, that pass to Matt Collins right down there on that thirty yard line or wherever the heck it was exactly. That was a beautiful ball. We were looking at that thing, and Matt Collins is like looking around for it, and we're wondering, we're like, does he even know where the thing is? And we really knew where it was because we were looking at it from a different viewpoint, and he adjusted the ball, and Derek put it right where it needed to be. So, big props to Matt Collins. Big props to Derek Collins for today. You know, if there's anything to take away that's a positive, that connection finally showed up. Well, and and Murph, let me ask you this too, because one of the things that that's just continues to uh, befuddle me is is the coaching uh, situation here with Josh McDaniels in the offense. They come out running the ball. Josh Jacobs looks great. Even though he's sick, the, the kid's carrying the ball, doing really well. Then they get into the second half. They come out in the first position and pass the ball like five times in a row. I don't understand what's going on. You know, Mo on the show last week made a good point. He said sometimes these offensive geniuses want to be the smartest guys in the room, and they overcomplicate things. When your team is struggling at 0-2, you're on the road trying to get into the win column. Wouldn't you simplify things? And by the way, wouldn't you um, game plan to get the ball to your leading receivers, i.e. Darren Waller, which we know had dropsies today? But Devontae Adams was not a target in the second half after they started off hot with him. What's going on here? Are fans talking about that too out there in the stands? Yeah, and the other thing, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And the thing that was interesting is that, like, we got beat by Todd Downing today. Let that sink in, Raider Nation. Todd Downing whispered our ass out here on offense. That is not okay. Like, think about all those screens and all that stuff that hit the hook and ladder. You know, the, I mean, unbelievable that Todd Downing came in and called this game. And I think the thing that's frustrating, at least, to, again, to me and, and to the other fans, is that when you have short distance, didn't we draft Zamir White for, like, reasons to, like, yeah. punch it up there on short distance? And we're like, remember when we had Marshawn, it was third and one, we would toss it out to him and make him run nine yards for a first down? Why are we still doing that kind of stuff? It's like, this kind of goes back to the conversation we had last week. Things change, and then things stay the same. The Raiders change from top to bottom, but the output and the play calling and the performance is the same thing that we've been used to for now 20 years. And I'm telling you, as a fan, it sucks. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll say this. Raider Nation is undefeated. We've had a brilliant, beautiful weekend with the most amazing people here in the Music City. Raider Nation has turned out. This was the worst part. Yeah. And that is and it shouldn't be that way. All those people flying out there from all over uh, the country to see you, to see the game, uh, just just not a good outcome, obviously. I know you guys had a great time in, in brother and sisterhood uh, the few days before. But, Evan, I mean, you talk about that play calling. Uh, I don't understand what's going on because you, you see the run. The Tennessee Titans are not just bad against the run. They're the worst in the league, and, and, and the Raiders don't run the ball. They started, they successful, and then they abandoned it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you're going to hear them talk about how they were playing from behind earlier in the games, and they just didn't nah. get enough. They didn't get enough chance, you know, chances to run the game, and then you know you're trying to play catch up. I, I'm sure that's what you're going to hear, but you know, this is what I want to point out. You, you mentioned Devonte Adams, your best player, not getting enough, 
uh, touches. He did have 10 targets, but only five catches for 36 yards. And, you know, as I'm watching – as I'm watching the game, you know, you, you see them doing some some bracketing coverage uh, over Adams, but that's not that's not an excuse because you know what? When he was over in Green Bay last year, he was the only guy they had in that offense. They didn't have yep. a Darren Waller. They didn't have, and I know Run Runfro was out today, but he didn't he wasn't surrounded by the cast that he's surrounded by with this Raiders team, and they still found him ways to get him the ball and keep him involved in the offense no matter what the defense was doing. So McDaniels has got to do a better job with getting Adams involved in these games and getting them the ball in his hands. And I'm, and I'm not talking about trick plays, reverses early in the games. Oh, That's not what I'm started. talking about. Let me let me ask you this, though, because the, the one thing that continues to be a problem doesn't matter who the coach is, is the Reds, the lack of red zone scoring again, the Raiders have to settle for field goals. And, and I know you were hard on Derek Carr last week, but to me, this is this is coaching. This is quarterback. This is offensive line because there were penalties there. It's the entire team. It's the coaching staff and the team. They just cannot execute. As our good friend Fabian says, minus four, right? You take four points off the board every time you settle for the field goal. And had the Raiders earlier in this game converted in the red zone, they probably win the game. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think that's one of the things that, like, that's confusing to me and, and, and to a lot of other fans as well is that where's that dog in Josh McDaniels? Like, where's that yeah. Where's that ruthless Patriot offense that we see? I mean, back in the day, would run the score up on anybody, leave Tom Brady in for the very leading minutes of the fourth quarter, only bringing Garoppolo to kneel it out. Like, where, where is that? Where is that foot on the throw? Where is that just, like, again, that dog mentality? Like, let's punch it in. Let's get in there at all costs. Like, and, and I'll say this, too, on that note. Teams reflect their head coach, right? We can all yeah. agree on that. The head coach's personality reflects on the sidelines. Guys, the body language on the sidelines today sucked. And, the, and I'm not saying the team sucked, but I'm saying that body language was not impressive. When we looked over there, everyone's sitting on the bench. People are stoking on the sidelines. No one's getting fired up. When they're in this game, a two-point conversion away from winning or tying the football game or a touchdown away from getting the, the ability to even uh, run that, 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 um, that conversion play. Everybody's chilled out on the sidelines. There's no fire. The most fire, my guy, A.J. Cole and Trent Sigg. It's the most fire <laughs> out of the team. I saw your oh, picture God, you tweeted, yeah. MVPs are the yeah. best players on the team, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not. Uh, Evan, he brings up a good point, too, which is – and it's something I noticed, and it it's not always – it doesn't show up necessarily on the stat sheet, but I, I called it maybe incorrectly. I called it urgency. I didn't see any excitement. I didn't see any fired-up type of uh, demonstration of emotion from the coaches, from the players – What's going on with that? What's your read on that? And, and Murph is right. You take on the personality of your head coach. Is that something you believe is an issue with this coaching staff and it's not translating to the players? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there were a couple examples where I did see some frustration from the players. Uh, the play early in the game when Adams uh, was uh, in the back of the end zone and, and Waller was, they were both in the same spot at the same time and, and the ball went off Waller's hand. It looks like it should have went to Adams. You saw Adams there really display some frustration. And at times, I, I think Derek Carr is showing it too. Just kind of his body language, the expressions on his face after plays are made. But obviously, that's not enough. This this whole team needs 
needs to get a lot more angry at what's going on. And, and like you said, start playing with a, a, more of a sense of urgency. And I think that's interesting to hear what Murph had to say about the body language, uh, what he saw from players on the sidelines. That's very telling because yeah. you saw how this team started the game. Very slow start, got mm-hmm. by, got behind early. And, and so that, you know, that that's very telling what Murph had to tell us there. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. We'll we'll have to see. I mean, they got to figure it out. I know I'm I'm watching the chat on YouTube right now, and of course, most Raider fans believe the season's over. Uh, it's not good. Don't, don't, get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's not good at zero and three. I'm not trying uh, to put perfume on a pile of crap. But what I'm telling you is, it's a long season. The team can pull out of it, but I just haven't seen anything yet that gives me. I guess, great hope in that. Murph, before we let you go, and again, we want to thank you for joining us live from Nissan Stadium. Uh, I know you had your party out there in Nashville for, uh, Nashville for Raider Nation. Uh, of course, the, the the One Nation Foundation. Tell everybody about the foundation. Tell us how the party went, and tell us how they can get in touch and make sure that they help Raider Nation contribute to those good causes. Um, that's amazing that you asked, Scott. Can I, can I bring in my co-host, my best friend, the whole Miss Come on in, Swag Jeff. Tell them about you. There he is. He's got the chance. So tell tell them about the party. Tell them about what we do for the One Nation Foundation. Well, the parties were the best part of the uh, whole weekend, Scott. uh, It was great. We had so much fun out there at Bowie's. We knew Raider Nation was going to show up last night at Bowie's. We didn't know that Raider Nation was going to show up in the way that it did. It was unbelievable. So many people. In Middle Tennessee, all Raider fans, absolutely. But, you know, yeah, the game... Game sucked, man. There was no heart. There was no, you know, no nothing. We should have won by what's the score? We should have won by 19 points. Darren Waller, get your stuff together, man. Come on, stupid. <laughs> All right, come on the foundation. Like the foundation. Yeah, come on the foundation. Sorry, Scott. That's right. Yeah, it's, 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 hey, it's the voice of the fan segment. We got to hear the voice of the fan. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm not a pro fan like Murph, apparently. But hey, the One Nation Foundation is it's a great thing, man. So so we, we've been raising money all season long. We started a couple years ago, back in 2019, we realized we could make money doing this stupid little podcast that we do, Raiders Fan Radio. And so we donated $2,000 in 2019. 2021 came along. We doubled that to 4000 This year, our goal was 8000 and we're rocketing towards it. And I, you know what? I, I think we're going to go over. I just okay. think we're going to go over. You know, awesome. We're going to keep on rolling, man. And it's all going this year to the Belitnikoff Foundation. So Tracy's Place of Hope, the Belitnikoff Center of Hope, uh, Fred Belitnikoff, the, the great foundation that they have, the Belitnikoff Foundation. Awesome thing. So, so yeah, so you can donate to onenationfoundation.net or you can join us on our show, all that stuff. You can donate via Super Chat, anything like that. It's a good thing. It's great. Awesome. All right. Guys, thank you so much, Murph and Swag Jeff, man. We'll see you on your show. Make sure you follow them, Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube, if you want to uh, watch a great show, entertaining. And not only that, but these guys, they're real, too. They're not just rose-colored glasses. They'll tell it like it is. So this week's show should be pretty dang good. All right, guys, take it easy. Have a safe drive home. All right. Thanks, thank guys. you, Scott. Appreciate you having me. Let's go, Raiders. Be Broncos. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, Scott. Yes, Scott. sir. Yes, our, our invitations must have got lost lost in the mail. I, I never got my invite to the party. Oh yeah, I I you know what he talked <laughs> about that, it, and I I wanted to get down there, um, and I just couldn't because uh, business was too busy and I couldn't get down. Uh, but anyway, thanks to Murph and then Swag Jeff coming on there at the end. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get on with the rest of the show. I want to talk a little more about the offense. I want to talk about Derek Carr too because I know Murph and a lot of people are saying either in the chat that he is Satan or. <laughs> 
that it wasn't his fault. There's no in between, of course, as usual with Derek Carson. We'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll talk a little bit else, what we saw so far uh, here on Silver and Black today, the live post-game edition, or if you're listening on the podcast, thanks for subscribing where you do. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, and then hit notifications. you got to hit that little bell, and then you'll know when we're live. We'll be back right after this in just a few seconds here on Silver and Black today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the post-game edition. The Raiders, 24-22 to 22 losers to the Tennessee Titans. They now move to 0-3. And, and all that excitement from the post or preseason, excuse me, seems to have evaporated with this poor start for the Raiders. It's really hard for the fans. I know very excited. All the weapons they have on offense, they don't seemingly uh, have a way to get them in gear at one time uh, to dominate as, as so many thought that they would. Scott Branson back with you. My co-host, of course, is Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby, who joins me on the post-game show all the time. We had Murph, the voice of the fan, in the first segment, if you heard that one. And I know the audio was probably a little hard to listen to because it was in the middle of a stadium loud with a peewee football game going on postgame. But we certainly uh, appreciate Murph being on with us. But, Evan, let's jump into this because, as I said, offense seems to continue to be the problem. The defense played poorly in the first half. Then in the second half, you talked about it in last segment, didn't give up any points, had takeaways, did all sorts of good things. So they actually played one half of very good football. The offense... Here's what I'm going to say about the offense, and this includes Derek Carr, and I want to get your take on this when I'm done. Number one is it's sort of like they weren't terrible. Nope. They weren't great. There were some great plays here and there, including the Mac Hollins catch at the end of the game to get them in for that almost game-tying touchdown. Uh, but overall, I mean, I don't even think vanilla is fair to call it. It was, it, was, it was blander than vanilla. It was confusing. It was inconsistent from a play-calling perspective. What did you see as your biggest concern overall with the offense and what it did or what it didn't do? I think I've heard you use this reference in, in in the past. They're halfway between heaven and hell. What's that called? Is that purgatory? That's purgatory that for it, us Catholics. Yeah, yeah. yes. That, exactly. <laughs> that, that's kind of where this offense is. They're not terrible. They're not great. They're they're kind of in the middle. And unfortunately, in the NFL, sometimes you have to be great. You yeah. have to be great. And, and 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 they have the tools to be great. And that's what the frustrating part is. And and I think for me, again, I know a lot of people. 
uh, are out there pointing fingers. But to me, I am more frustrated with the offense because I didn't think the defense was going to be great to begin with. I thought they might have some struggles. I thought the interior part of the defensive line may struggle. I thought the secondary, you know, lack depth. And I think we're starting to see some of that now with the injuries. And, you know, there were issues on the defense and offense. I thought other than the offensive line, I thought this group was top five ready and we're just not seeing it. And another problem we're seeing here is they're not playing complimentary football. I mentioned it Mm. last week. You know, they have yet to put a a four quarter game together on either side of the ball. And and, and that's a big problem. Yeah, it is. And, and Evan here, so I'm going to go in on the Derek Carr thing now because there's a lot of you guys out there defending Derek Carr today and that's fine. Um, And then there's those of you out there who send I'm, I'm done. I'm enough. He stinks again and again and again. And I find myself in that purgatory because I, I look at Derek Carr today. Did he have a bad game? No. Uh, the one interception was, wasn't technically his fault. Uh, but at the same time, I don't see anything that makes me say, wow, Derek Carr took the team on his shoulders and tried to make them, willed them to try to win and could. Now, he had the beautiful throw to Hollins at the end of the game. All credit and credit to His numbers were not terrible, of course. But I just find that there, there's this feeling of inconsistency it's the numbers are good the throws for the most part are good but he had the one in the end zone the waller that was sort of behind him uh that should have been put up a little higher uh had had the ball gone where it was supposed to maybe he catches it but it seems like he was trailing behind him i just don't know what to make it of it again i'm not here to bash car i'm not here to praise car as the greatest thing since sliced bread to me it was very much like a Trent Dilfer type game. It was a game manager out there. I didn't see somebody that was taking the team to the next level, but the caveat is the play calling too. I don't know what's going on there. I still don't feel him and Josh McDaniels are on the same page. Yep. Totally agree there. I totally agree. I, 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 you know, we were chatting during the game. I I think there were some issues with the play calling, especially in the first half of the game. Um, You know, and, and they did have uh, some drops, which, which obviously isn't on car, you know, but, Mm -hmm. uh, Again, it's 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 a collective failure right now. They're they're all contributing to it. Um, of course, the quarterback, because of the money he makes and 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 how important the position is, you know, he's going to get more of the blame. Just like when they win games, the quarterback should get more of the um, the praise, and it does happen in most cases. But um, again, just something just seems off with him, yes. and and I yeah. can't quite pinpoint exactly what it is. Um, I, I thought for sure he was going to have a, a really good season and who knows, there's, there's still plenty of games left. He has plenty of time to turn it around and, and play great this season and lead this team to a lot of wins. But, but right now, um, you know, it, we're not seeing it. And, and I think everyone thought that he was going to be really good this year. And again, that kind of leads to some of the frustration from the fan base is that I don't think anybody expected this. Nobody expected 0 and three. Nobody no. expected the offense to be struggling the way it is. Nobody expected to see the play caller, uh, you know, have struggles as well. So it's just really kind of coming to a head here uh, for the fan base. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I, I agree with people who say that that Derek Carr didn't cost them a game. I don't think very often. I mean, there are times a quarterback can cost you the game if he just plays so poorly. That was not today, but he also didn't take you and win the game. Uh, and and not again. I'm not. It's somewhere in between. I mean, I look at Derek Carr's numbers, 26 of 44, 303 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Okay. Um, but to me, you look at why, why isn't, why isn't Devonte Adams more involved in the second half? You mentioned earlier, why are they, why is he throwing behind play? This is not, and that's what, that's where I put on the screen here. What's wrong with Derek Carr. 
I say what's wrong with Derek Carr because there's so many things that I feel like he's doing that I that don't seem characteristic of him. Like there's just something not right. I don't think it's a physical thing. And to me, I can only diagnose it off the field. Who knows? We're not in the locker room, okay? But it just seems like there's something not clicking with the offense and with the coaching staff. And maybe that's just because they're 0-3. Now, they start. They go on a three-game win streak over the next three games and finish beating the beat the Chiefs in two games and go on their bye week. Okay, then maybe we're talking a different story. I just don't understand how they're struggling with this offense and consistency. The play calling, like I said, that second half starts and and they had run the ball well in the first half and they come out and they all consecutive passes. Like, what is, is there no game planning going on, Evan? Is there no planning and saying, hey, geez, hmm, the Titans are awful against the run. We need to run the ball. When they did run the ball, that set up those those big passes. Also, one thing that drove me nuts, and actually at the end of the game, Jonathan Vilma, the, the color commentary, mentioned it, and I was like, yes, where were the slants in this game? Yeah. When you have a defense like they did, they were short at linebacker. They even lost another linebacker during the game. Where were those slant patterns to Moreau, to Waller, to Devontae Adams? Where were they? They didn't – I think they had one early in the game to Adams, and that was it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think you could really make a strong case that coaching is probably the number one issue. The biggest here. issue, the, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the number one issue because, I mean, go back to last year. I mean, before all the drama with, with Ruggs and Gruden, the offense was, was clicking along pretty good. I I, I believe they were uh, – started out – I can't remember the record, but they started out really well, scoring a lot of points, um, and then they had all the, you know, the, the drama occur, and, and they kind of had to – you know, piece it all together towards the end of the season. But this was a team that was 10, a 10 win team last year, um, <laughs> despite all the drama and made the playoffs. You have a new coaching staff come in and you start the year. zero and three. So, I mean, the, the, it's gotta, the, the coaching should be put under the microscope right now. And, and, you know, I, I can't argue right now that coaching is absolutely probably the number one problem right now on both sides of the ball, no. offensively and defensively. No. And, and I agree with you because if you look at how much talent they have on this roster and the talents underperforming too, don't get me wrong, but I think that there's a coaching, there's, there's something not, not happening in preparation for this team. Evan, you were going nuts on Twitter about it during the game. All of that discipline and focus that we talked about and we're impressed by. I, I was on board. I was a fanboy of how this team in the preseason was so disciplined. And they talked about it at the podium at the press conferences and they did all that. Then they go out in the games and there's there's a complete lack of that. Balls going off your hands, fumbles, uh, penalties at key times. The Raiders aren't racking up 12, 14 penalties, but when they do get penalties, they come at key times. After the long uh, pass play to Matt Collins, you get a 15-yard uh, penalty against Alex Bars, who was just off the practice squad as a replacement and gets a huge penalty for that Raiders team in a key situation. Those types of things, that to me shows a lack of preparation, shows a lack of focus and discipline. And I don't know how that can flip on a dime. I mean, I know it is regular season and the pressure's different, but but you're absolutely right. The coaching and what's happening here, they're not getting the most out of the talent they have. And so I think they need to have a conversation. I think Josh McDaniels, I think Dave Ziegler needs to have a conversation with Josh McDaniels too and say, what is going on? I've given you all these guys that you needed. By the way, shout out offensive line played much better today, even with a new rotation. Uh, but that coaching, I don't see any recognition of it from Josh McDaniels. Not, not that he's going to come out and say, I'm doing a bad job. 
but but I've got to see something different. There has to be something that changes in the process that this team and this staff are doing to prepare for games. Yeah, and you know, I don't know Josh McDaniels, you know, personally, obviously, um, but I, I do think one of the issues that uh, we are seeing is that maybe he's he's got that leash a little too tight on Derek Carr and, and trying to really micromanage what he, what he's doing out there in the field. And that could be part of the reason why Carr is just not totally comfortable. Maybe he's used to having a little bit more free. I know it, under Gruden, he had a lot of freedom to, to change things at the line of scrimmage and whatnot. And and maybe McDaniels has got to look in the mirror, you know, and, and say, I, maybe I should let this quarterback do a little bit more, have a little bit more freedom and, and allow him to, you know, just be himself a little bit more and make some plays because we did see Carr do some good things when he was given that opportunity under Gruden. And, and, and so that could be a little bit of the cause, um, you know, just McDaniel's not willing yeah. to, you know, relinquish a little bit of power. Yeah, no, no, there, there could be a control issue, Evan, but here's the thing. And again, everybody who watches the show, if you're watching for the first time, you might not know this, but myself, Mo. Even you, Evan, we've, we've all covered Derek Carr very objectively. We're not car haters. We're not car stands. We, we talk about when he does well. We talk about when he doesn't do well. But what I got to say here, and I think I'm reaching that point when I was talking about being in the middle on some things, when do the excuses for Derek Carr stop? It's a question that has to be asked. When do the excuses stop? Okay. Again, he's a fine quarterback. I've always said that. He's a very good quarterback. I'd say second tier, 11 to 15, got no problem with it. But I'm just tired of the excuse. Well, Derek doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. Now he's got this. Now he's, look, there's, you, you just got to go good. You got to get it done. And I think that's where it happens. Now, again, he didn't lose the team the game today. There's no way. Anybody who argues that I think is ridiculous. Was there bad throws? Yes. Was there inconsistency? Yes. Was there very good throws and good decision-making? Yes. Did he use his legs earlier in the game? Actually, for a little bit? Yes. So I saw some encouraging signs there, but he's nowhere near where he was last year for whatever reason, especially on that yep. run at the end of the year where he really did take the team on his shoulders yep. off the field and on the field, but it's not there yet. And so I... Excuses. I'm not saying this to just you, Evan, but I think just the excuses. It's like, look, no matter you're in the situation you're in, just get it done. And I think Derek Carr has to take this team and have the conversation and, and get it done. It just has to get it done. Yeah, he's absolutely taking steps back. I mean, I don't think there's anyone out there that can deny it. Last year, towards the end of the season, even with uh, the weapons that he you know, didn't have not very many, right? Uh, he just was in much mm -hmm. more command of what was going on. And and now that he has all these weapons, obviously the command of the offense, the comfort in the offense is not there. Now I just talked about making a case that Josh McDaniels is the number one cause. I, I think you could build a strong case that uh, Derek Carr is also a major part of the problem as well, because, and I saw somebody tweet it today, you know, nine years with Derek Carr, Several different quarterbacks, uh, excuse me, several different offensive play callers, several different head coaches, the same result. And the common denominator is Derek Carr. So that is the other argument that you're going to hear from the, the anti-Carr, you know, uh, part of the fan base is that, you know, he's the guy that's been here through all of it and things haven't really gotten much better. So that's, you know, that's what you're going to hear as well. Yeah, you, you will hear that, but then there's there's always an excuse. And, and I have our good yeah. friend, um, Raider 27 on YouTube saying, well, he had two touchdown passes dropped. He absolutely did. No yeah, point. Again, yeah. that's why I'm not blaming him for the loss. I'm just saying, if you're going to be a quarterback, lead your team, you have to lead your team. And for whatever reason, he's not himself. I'm not saying he had a bad game. I'm just saying he's not himself. I expect, I expected, if you go back to the show and you listen to what we've said, and Evan, you just said it a moment ago, 
I expected him to have a big year and to start off. Now you're three games in. Yes, there's 12, or excuse me, can't believe I said that. There's 13 more games to go, okay? <laughs> 14 more games. So you, you, there's plenty of time to have a good season. I'm not saying that. But now you're 0-3. I think it's 25% chance if you're 2-1 to make the playoff. So uh, stats are stats, I know. But look, it's bad. And this team has got to put it together. You're coming home to play the Broncos. You lose to the Broncos at home and you're 0-2 in the division and 0-4 overall. And then you got to go face the Chiefs on the road who lost today to the Colts. By the way, I'm not sure who the viewer was, but I think it was last game. Somebody come out and said, hey, Mo and Scott, uh, you still think the Raiders are going to or the Colts are going to beat the Raiders? Ha ha ha. Well, the Colts beat the Chiefs today. So this league is crazy. It can turn around fast. And I think it could turn around for the Raiders, too. Uh, but certainly their uphill battle is going to be bigger than I ever anticipated. All right, we're going to take one more quick break. And then when we come back, we'll close out the show with some final thoughts. And I'll get to some of your questions and comments as well on YouTube. You're listening to Silver and Black today, the postgame edition. Don't go anywhere. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, the postgame edition. Raiders lose, move to 0-3, 24-22 losers to the Tennessee Titans. And Evan, let's look at the stats a little bit because... To, to the point we we're talking about with Derek Carr not having a terrible game, 26 of 44, 303 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, an 85.7 passer rating. On the other side, Ryan Tannehill, 19 of 27, 264, a touchdown and an interception, a 98 passer rating. Uh, for the Raiders, rushing Josh Jacobs, 13 attempts at 66 yards with a long of 13. Uh, Brandon Bolden had three big carries for 17 yards. As well, on the receiving side, we had Mac Hollins. Huge, huge game. If you had Mac Hollins in fantasy football, congratulations to you. I don't know if you did, Evan, but um, he had eight receptions, 158 yards, and a touchdown. The second receiver with the most yards passed Hollins, so second leading receiver was Foster Moreau with just 44 yards. I thought it was going to be the Foster Moreau game early on, uh, Evan. He, he came out on fire uh, and they, they couldn't get him or Waller involved. I mean, Waller was involved, and, of course, he had the drops. But um, th they spread the ball around a little bit. Uh, but Keelan Cole had drops. Um, yep. We talked about the, the drops for uh, Waller. And then Adams just didn't get in the game. I, I don't know why this team is not gelling together. You're, and maybe it's a chemistry thing. I, I don't know. But that offense, it just does not seem – even when they do scheme correctly and they seemingly call a good play, Evan, it doesn't seem like the players are on the same page. 
Yeah, and unfortunately for me, I didn't have Matt Collins on my fantasy team. I have Devontae <laughs> Adams on my oh. fantasy team and Derek Carr as well. So that shows you how much of a believer I was in Derek Carr this year because I'm not when I play fantasy football, I don't draft with my heart. So uh, this year I went with Carr because I thought he was going to be a, a good quarterback. I got him late in my draft as well. So, but anyhow, um, I got to I got to give credit to Matt Collins. Um, I, I did not believe he was going to be much of an impact with this offense. I remember in the preseason, he was getting a ton of hype coming mm-hmm. out of training camp. And I even questioned that hype. I called him one of my o- most overhyped players of training camp. In fact, so <laughs> I remember Matt Collins, if you're out there listening, I apologize. You're he's doing great for this team. He stepped up uh, when this team needed another weapon with, with Hunter Renfro being down. So I was wrong on Hollins. He's he, that catch he had late, uh, down the sideline there was just on that fourth down unbelievable catch by him and and he was really you know he was the offense today for the Raiders without him that offense would have been lost so um you know great job by him yeah it really was and and uh I you know I I don't know what to tell Raider Nation I I, I feel like giving up on the season is not a good thing uh, I think at at 0 and 3 are playoffs impossible no are playoffs improbable perhaps uh, I think these next two weeks now take on massive importance. Uh, I really had them starting out and, and, and starting off strong, which they have not. And I, I had them going into the Kansas City game and not winning the Kansas City game, uh, but being at 4-1. and one. So now they're 0-3. they got to wow. beat Denver next week. And then dare I say, Evan, they got to go to Kansas City, probably sneak away with that game if they really want to change this momentum, go yeah. into that bye week with the thoughts of turning this season around early and getting to a point where they can actually compete in the AFC West as well. Yeah. I, what I would say to the fans that are ready to, you know, to, to uh, throw the towel in is, is, you know, you, you look back to last season, which I know seems so long ago at this point with the way the team's playing right now. But um, you know, I, I gave up on the team late last season and then they went on, that was a five game win streak to get yep. into the playoffs. So um, the problem what, that I'm seeing with this team is, they don't seem to have the the, the heart and the guts fire. that that yeah. team the fire it's and, and I think Murph talked about it when he was talking about the the morale on the sideline and I texted you about it yes. during the game I'm just not seeing that 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 desire from this team that you saw from from that desperate Raiders team um, late last season and again I I think that comes down to the coaching the preparation what is the message that is being sent to them throughout the week there needs to be much more urgency um you, you know the, the the numbers uh to get into the playoffs as an 0-3 team only six teams i'm sure you mentioned it this week on the pot on your show six teams since 1980 uh have made the playoffs um since starting 0-3 so it, you know the, the numbers do not look good um thanks I mean, evan i'm they, trying to get everybody up and did not let them <laughs> lose hope i'm um, a realist scott i'm a realist I, I know you are and 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 then you you also have to live with a bills fan which is tough for you um yeah by the way, so Alex Fitzgerald, our, our great uh, listener viewer who uh, we interact with Twitter uh, all the time, says coaching, play calling is the glaring issue. Everything else stems from that. The drops, the lack of focus, key penalties, not being ready for the opponents. Reasons are not excuses is what it is. Great, great point. I think Alex is correct there, which is it all stems like you have. I know in business, you know, when we're looking for to solve problems. We always talk about root cause. What is the root cause? Is the root cause there's unrest in the locker room? No, we don't. There's not that now. But is the is the root cause coaching? It seems to be. Now we had root causes with Gruden as coach too. There seemed to be a lack of 
uh, discipline at times and guys were getting in trouble off the field and doing all kinds of things. We don't see that with Josh McDaniels. But whatever is going on with, with game preparation for both the coaches and the players, there's got to be a reckoning this week, Evan. I mean, I know it's early, and I know I haven't seen the press conference because I was getting ready to get on here on the show from the post game. but my guess is Josh McDaniels said something to the effect of, we're not going to panic. And I don't – look, it's never good to panic even when you're faced with a dire crisis – but there needs to be urgency and there needs to be a recognition. Whatever you're doing, it's not working. And so you got to go back to the drawing board as a coaching staff, as an organization, and figure it out and figure it out quickly. Yeah. Whatever the message is, you know, that the coaches are, it's just not, it's not trickling down. It's not getting to the players. And then that is showing up in the execution on the field, which is, which is the biggest problem. You know, you can say coaching it's the execution on the field uh you, you see plays where uh, again the, the pass by waller where he dropped it in the end zone um where, where adams was just behind him two players in the same spot that can't happen that's not how you execute it you practice that all day long every day all week and then you get into the game and, and you don't execute it and that is a huge problem same thing on defense guys not in the right spots whatever it may be execution and that's part of coaching you have to be able to, to to drill it home to them and then your players can just do it on the field without even thinking about it yeah and you have to remember too uh josh mcdaniels again i mentioned this last week after the after the game after the loss of the cardinals um he was a head coach uh, we, we know how disastrous that went so he's really a first-time head coach again he's learning he's finding his way and so there needs to be now i mean he's got some veteran coaches on his staff there has to be some come-to-Jesus moments here for this staff to look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know what, guys, we thought we had a plan. It's not working. How are we going to change now? Because if you don't stop the bleeding now, you have a really bad situation on your hands, especially you just gave all of these extensions to veteran players, which told you the organization believes that they can win now. So if you believe you can win now, you're coming off a playoff season. I know they had to win at the end to make it, but they're a playoff team from last year. You come off of that. You sign all these guys for the money. You go get Devontae Adams. You can't, you're not in rebuild mode. You're in win now mode, and you're not winning. And so that's a problem for everybody. I can't imagine Mark Davis is very happy at this moment at 0-3 with the guys he brought in, right? And so to me, the, the high expectations were correct. I won't accept any feedback from people who say, well, they're just, you know, no, it's the NFL. You got to win. You don't have much of a chance. You see NFL coaches blown out after a year all the time. I'm not saying that's going to happen with McDaniels. I'm just saying you've got to put it together quickly. You are professionals. You're getting paid a lot of money and you got to get it done. Um, Evan, when you look at, at, at the defense too, again, terrible first half. Um, one of the things that really concerns me is, is again, at cornerback, the defensive backs, um, we saw we saw Nate Hobbs leave the game with a concussion, so the fourth Raider to be concussed in the last three weeks, which is not great. Uh, so you lose him. That was a big loss. Amik Robertson got beat early in the game, came back, I think had another solid game, actually. Uh, but Jonathan Abram, I, I'm telling you, I, I just got to say, I, I don't see anything there. I, I, the worst safety I have ever seen in coverage. I've never seen a safety who can't cover anyone and Jonathan Abram, sorry, folks, he can't cover anybody, Evan. Yes, he can He can rush the passer occasionally and be that aggressive hitter, but he can't cover. 
yeah, they're they're trying. They're trying. They're trying to do everything they can for him. They're trying to do everything they can for Cleveland Farrell as well. I mean, those guys are playing a lot of snaps. They're trying, but uh, you know, you're just not seeing. You're just not seeing the results. And and you know. I, Again, new coaching staff. They they haven't been around here as long as 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 we have. We we we've seen this and we knew this. We knew this was was the problem. Uh, but they're, they're, it looks like they're going to give them every opportunity, and, and they're not willing to uh, you know to call it quits with with Abram or 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 Farrell. You know, and, and we're seeing some nice things from uh, Harmon with the interception today. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked to see when when Merrick comes back. Maybe maybe you see Abram slide out of that lineup. You get a little bit more Harmon and Merrick in there. Well, Cleve Farrell, I thought, played an okay game again, except for that they just don't get a push up front. Again, we saw it. I mean, Chandler Jones, invisible again. I know Murph was hard on that on him today, and he should be. I had lots of people, Mo and I both had lots of people fighting with us this week saying, well, no, if you watch the film, he does this, and he's being chipped. It's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're paid to drive a truck and you're driving a moped, guess what? It's great you're getting from A to B, but you're paid to drive a truck. He's paid to rush the passer. Had a couple nice pressures today, actually. But other than that, he's invisible. I mean, when the broadcast teams talk, build him up in the beginning of the game and then at the end of the game say, yeah, he was pretty non-existent today. Okay, so yeah. it's not just us. So, so you're having trouble all over that defense. They're not finding, finding consistency. Evan, you can't win in the NFL without playing four complete quarters. You saw that today with Indianapolis beating the Chiefs, which is a game that's going to, I think, come back and haunt the Chiefs later in the season, by the way. But, but you can't go out there and, and play great for three quarters and take a quarter off. The, the Raiders' defense has problems with personnel. We knew that going into the season. Yeah. But even with the personnel they have, they're not playing up to their abilities. No, no. You saw them play two good quarters last week in Arizona or against Arizona, and then you know two good quarters in the second half uh, this week, which is obviously a major problem. You can't have that. It's four quarters in this league, and I mentioned the, the lack of complementary football. The when the offense is is doing some good things, the defense isn't. When the defense is doing some good things, the offense isn't. <laughs> they got to get on the same page, and uh, it, it's got to happen soon. It, it, I'm, you know, you, you mentioned one thing. I want to go back to uh, before I forget. You were talking about Chandler Jones and how the broadcast was was pointing out. You know the lack of uh, plays that he was making. I'm concerned because th- th- they were without Taylor, the their starting left tackle, you know, the, I, I would have expected this would have been a game where you could have seen a little bit more from the pass rush. Now, Max Crosby, he showed up at times. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I thought he did some good things. I think he's really, when you look to the defense, you know, outside of Nate Hobbs, who has done some good things, Max Crosby's the only other guy making that's plays. It. Up front, but, that's but, the only guy. I'm very concerned because this is a game where I thought you would have seen something happen here going up, up against a, you know, backup uh, left tackle and it didn't happen. So I, the concerns are, are, are real for me with Chandler Jones. Yeah, Evan. And, and, and like always, you know, I watched the game uh, and then uh, on Sunday nights and into Monday, I, I rewatch it and, and break it down just like you do. And so, so yeah. I, I got to reserve judgment. My first take again was offensive line played better. They weren't perfect. They had some costly penalties including Dylan Parham, who had a penalty, uh, but, but overall did pretty good considering. Um, I, I, th- I thought even, and this is where, to your point, back to coaching, Cole Miller is still struggling in spots. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. He just seems to be struggling, and I don't know why. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not usual based on the last two years what we've seen from him. So there's something going up, and that could be the thing about the rotation. We talked about it. you got to have those five guys. They have to yeah. be a cohesive unit. 
And I think it plays with the guys' heads when they, you know, Colton Miller, even though he's on the left side, he's got somebody else next to him today that wasn't there last week. Then he's got a whole right side that's different than it was last week. And so I just think, again, coaching, decision-making process here with the, the front office staff, with, with what they're doing with acquisition, I think that's messing. And I think it's, it's taking away from this team being able to solidify itself. And I think you said it during the game, Evan, we haven't talked about it, and we'll kind of close on this one too, is this team doesn't have an identity other than yeah. maybe taking on the identity of its coach, which at this point seems to be very analogous to – I don't know, just a blah burger. There doesn't seem yeah. to be any fire going on there. Yeah, they seem confused. That's really what the identity is at this point is, is on offense, at least, is confusion. You know, do, do you want to run the ball or, or eh, let's not let's throw the ball. No, let's throw, let's run the ball. No, let's throw the ball. It's like, what are the, what is going on? And, and I, you know, I, I, I try to focus in on that. What, what is their bread and butter? I thought Devontae Adams was going to be the bread and butter. He's not. He's not. He's. Um, I think Matt Collins is the leading receiver on this team right now after today's game. Yep. I, I'd have to look it up. Total yards and probably receptions. He might be the leading receiver on this team. Um, who, who would have bet that? But um, lacks the identity, confusion, um, not comfortable. I, I can't think of many more words to describe this <laughs> offense right now. Disappointing. That, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I did not ex- see this coming with this offense right now. And that's, that's, you know, the major concern. Uh uh, just when Philippe says, leave Miller alone. Uh, <laughs> love Colton Miller, but it seems like he's a little off too. Again, not bad, just off. There's, there's, he's getting beat on plays I just have not seen him get beat on before. And so, I, I, again, it, that, the, the example of Miller is not to pick on Miller, Philippe. It's to, it's to talk about this lack of kind of fo- focus and cohesiveness amongst this team on offense and defense. And because he's trying- a guy, Scott. I'm, I'm sorry. He's a guy that that you're used to seeing pencil Dominate. in there every week yeah. and you know you're going to get a great effort. You're, you're mm-hmm. not going to hear his name called too many times because he just goes in there, does his job. He plays a clean game and, and, and you're not seeing that this year. So yeah. it's concerning. Same thing with Devontae Adams. He's a guy, if you watch Green Bay play, gets the ball, makes plays and we're not seeing that. So what, what's the problem here? What, what, what exactly is going on? And and that's what people are, you know, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. And, and I want to, you just mentioned, and as we close the Devonte Adams thing, cause I've, I've heard a lot of people in Raider nation say, well, you know, they double T it's like, he was the only guy that you mentioned it yep. earlier. The only guy yep. the Packers had, and he still did it. So there's no excuse. They're not getting him the ball again. This is where the issue with Derek Carr for me is, is they're not finding, he's not finding the receivers uh, or they're not, I should say, or they're not scheming for play calling to get the ball to them. That's not all Derek's fault. It's just they're not play calling to get the ball to the guys who make a difference. I'm sorry, in every situation, when you're watching, oh, let's, let's pick one, the Chiefs, and you're first and goal from the five or six, what are they doing? They're throwing to Travis Kelsey, right? Yeah. Right? And everybody knows it. And you know what they do? They throw to Travis Kelsey. <laughs> When the Raiders have a situation where they need the ball to go to the guy who's going to catch the ball, go to Devontae Adams. Like, it's not hard. I don't know why you he, – he's the, he's the best receiver in football. Why would you not send it to him? I know Buffalo's going to say digs, but I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so, so there's, there's not there's – just, there's just a lot of issues going on here. But we'll see if they can get it together. they got to get it together. they got to go home and beat the Broncos. The Broncos, um, you know, are not exactly as good as some people thought they would be. So the Raiders have a big chance to get some positive momentum, win at home, and then go on the road before the bye to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Evan, what one thing, if you had to, if you had to do one thing this week for this team, 
what is it? It's got to be the offense for me. And I, and I, and I know people out there price and oh, he's blaming it on car. That's not what I'm doing. I, I, the play caller has got to get it together. Mm. He's got to get that offense on the, on the same page. And he, and he's got to go to Devonte Adams. This team is zero three right now. They went out and, and gave up a lot for Devonte Adams. He's, he's arguably the, he is the best player. I believe um, in his, in his position in the NFL, they got to get him involved. That that's the problem. It's, it's not enough to say, Oh, they're bracketing him. Uh, we're just going to go through our progression progressions and whatever the, wherever the read takes us. No, you, you, you mentioned it. You got to scheme things up for him. You got to get him, get him in the ball. He's an impact player. And this team right now on offense needs some impact plays big time. So that's what I do. You go, you, you, you got to get uh, Adams involved big time. Absolutely. Evan Grote has been my co-host on the show. Evan, tell everybody about Just Pod Baby, where they can find the podcast and uh, where they can find you. Yeah, uh, well, do out, go out there and follow me on Twitter, number one, because I'm always keeping you updated on the podcast on Twitter at egrote5. But uh, yeah, I'm putting out two episodes a week for you guys. Uh, I'll be doing a recap show tomorrow night, and then uh, I get a preview show out as well later in the week. And, uh, you know, you can download the podcast over at Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. That's where you can find Just Pod Baby. There you go. Evan Grote, my buddy, uh, my good friend, and the host of Just Pod Baby. Thanks for being with me, brother. Hopefully next time it's after a win, Scott. <laughs> yeah, those are always <laughs> a lot more fun. Uh, but anyway, guys, thank you for joining us here on the post game show. Raiders lose to the Titans 24-22. Myself and Mo Moten, we will be back on Tuesday for our regular Tuesday edition where we'll break down the game a little more, kind of close the chapter on week three uh, and get you the latest news and views out of Raider Nation uh, coming off of this week three loss and, and what's going on with the team. So make sure you do that. Follow the show on Twitter too at SNB today. You can follow me at LV Gully. You can also follow Mo at M O E M O T O N. And by the way, Evan, you can follow egrote five egrote five on Twitter uh, as well. And then you can uh, keep in touch with his just pod baby. If you subscribe to our podcast, silver and black today on the Odyssey podcast network, we appreciate that. We are an Odyssey original. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast. Just do that. You can click on the link in our bio on Twitter. It'll take you to a platform of your preference, and you can do it there. And we certainly appreciate everybody joining us as well on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter live for the postgame show. Until Tuesday, Raider Nation, stick in there, hang in there. I know it's tough. It's going to make your Monday morning a little bit rougher, uh, but uh, keep looking towards the sky and hope this team gets it together and gets it together quickly for everyone here at silver and black today this has been scott Colbranson. thanks everybody and take good care of one another talk to you on tuesday